0: So I'll kick things off. Just um, we've got a few attendees joined now so we can make a start. Yeah. So apologies again to those that have joined us for the morning. Just a quick recap. Um obviously for those that are just joining us, thank you very much um for what is the SCT Spring Lecture now online. Um obviously apologies. This was originally planned for face-to-face, but we shifted to online just you know for the needs of our members, just to, to kind of ensure we still make this happen. Um we will ask for a little bit of feedback kind of post, we'll be sending out a bit of a survey just to see what we do moving forwards, you know what works best for you and then current climate. Um, but either way we're here um, today and, and shortly I'll introduce Keith properly in the presentation we're about to see. Um, from a setup point of view, so once I have handed over, Keith's got a, a short presentation to run through, there will be a Q&A opportunity at the end from a questions perspective. Um, just fire these in via the chat function in zoom and um, just make sure you address to panelists and so I'll be able to see them Um I'll queue them up and I'll I will relay them to Keith at the end and um, there's also the Q&A functionality in zoom as well so I'll do a bit of an intro first of all Keith to you I've got a quick bio to run through for you and then a short abstract for what you're about to talk us through and then I'll hand over and it and will be yours so hi well, first of all bear with me it's got a really soft paper I haven't learned these off by heart so, um, Keith Mothersdow has worked in the broadband catv engineering, design, and development for over 25 years. Currently, is in charge of technology, engineering, design, and innovation within the last mile broadband product division within Amphenol Broadband Solutions. In 2013, Mr. Mothersdow was presented with an honorary fellowship to the UK SCT organization in recognition of his long-term technical contribution to the catv industry. Prior to joining Amphenol, he worked at Teleste, heading up engineering design and development within the Passives and Indoor Division. Prior to Teleste, he worked at the Technetics Group as CTO, focusing on product roadmaps, product innovation, and all aspects of engineering. He has written several industry white papers and presented at several major broadband forums around the world. He has written and and had published over six patents relating to product innovations. he holds a B engineering honours degree in electrical and electronic engineering and MBA from University of Bradford. What intro. Um, and then on to what we're about to hear from. So obviously titles on the screen, but broadband cable connectorization, the next evolution has arrived. Um, short abstract. So HFC plant and home cable connectorization has, has remained one of the most challenging parts of the end-to-end broadband HFC network. Year on year, millions of connectors are replaced. Intermittent faults remain a constant challenge. Customer quality of service has now become more important than ever for broadband providers, as the broadband is now seen as a major part of day-to-day home and business users. After several years of groundbreaking research and thinking outside the box, Amphenol will demonstrate the new connectorization evolution with an intriguing presentation of the new cable interconnect breakthrough. That's all for me. Keith, the floor is yours. Thanks, James.
1: Hello, everybody. Um, It seems a bit strange. I was looking forward to standing at the front of a cinema. Never done that before, but never mind. Hopefully we'll be able to meet up uh, soon. Um, So, yes, the evolution um, um, uh, as it stands now has arrived. um, A new connector. Before I started, I just want to let you know, I live in the middle of nowhere, and uh, I'm in the Yorkshire Dales, the North Yorkshire Dales, up in the northwest of England near the lakes, and uh, what you see on the screen right now is my home broadband internet speed. But there's a few people uh, looking at that with quite amazement, Um, yeah, and here we get guaranteed 1,000 megabit down and 1,000 megabit up load, guaranteed for £30 a month. Uh, as I'm a volunteer technical uh, volunteer uh, with Barn Broadband for the rural north, um, I have the privilege of uh, utilizing their 10 gig- gigabit service. So, what you see there, hopefully, my service is fast enough to deliver the uh, uh, the video stream here. Uh, okay, so the coaxial cable connector interconnect, it, it's, it's been and is a thorn in the side of. Uh, broadband cable operators around the world without exception. It's not the only problem, but it's one of the major problems. And it's seen a few evolutions over the years, certainly since I started 25 years ago. Um, but it still remains uh, quite an issue. And we've tried to take those issues with the help, incidentally, of people from the industry. It's been a team effort. Uh, there's been some fantastic people, Michael Connor, Colin Pooley, uh, Kelly Mitchinson and a few others that have stuck with us through thick and thin with this. Um, So just to give you some idea of how, you know, how serious the connector is, I was talking to um, cable one in America and uh, we were on 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 a call like this and I was doing a presentation and I said to them, I've heard you change out just about every single F connector in your network every five years and uh, the cto there stood up and he said no keep your miles out it's every two years so you know there's various reasons why that is but most operators end up doing doing the same so let's start to look at where the evolution started it started with the crimp connector i'm sure there's a lot of people on this call that can see that uh, crimp connector there and it did a job and uh, yeah well it 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 did a job for a long time and then the next evolution came and this is the compression connector and that's the connector that we see today pretty much everywhere in terms of the the interconnect and then many many years later to date now comes the next generation game changer which looks completely different to anything you can see in that uh, picture and what I want to do today is to explain to you what we've tried to achieve where we've come from and how we've uh, achieved it with something that looks completely different but utilizes a similar prep but with a game change in addition to the prep and uh, certainly a different look to the connector so what are the key elements to address well first thing we had to do was stop being just a connector company we we, we had to step back and think completely outside the box look at the issues above and beyond and try to come up with some innovative solutions uh, to that. So, so it, the one thing we wanted simple to install connector using a simple, single tool uh, and mitigating all current connector issues or certainly as, much as, as many as we could. No more loose connectors. So we know that is one of the, the, the bugbears of, of any screw on connector is they can A, not be tightened properly, B, they can come loose And of course, when they come loose, you end up with lots of intriguing issues with loss of signal, RFI leakage. Uh, The RFI leakage is quite serious, of course, because one of the biggest assets a cable operator has is is their biggest asset, relatively speaking, is their upstream. They've got the biggest two-way pipe uh, available. And of course, if you get RFI leakage and you start to destroy the carrier to noise of the upstream signal and you're not only lose loose bandwidth, bandwidth, but you, uh, you can damage the service as well. So class A plus plus shielding, possibly without degra- shielding possible without degradation over time. So we want the ultimate shielding possible from the interconnect with the cable and the connection, but we want it to stay like that forever or as long as it needs to be connected. One part construction maintaining optimized grounding from cable braiding to connector body. No continuity member, I'll come into that in a short time. An optimal metal to metal contact between the cable braiding and the full length of the connector feral post, giving you 360 degree contact pressure, giving you the ultimate grounding connection. And of course, hermetically seal, avoiding moisture and air because a lot of operators um, uh, today use aluminium, unalloyed aluminium braided cable. And uh, aluminium in its own right, if it, gets, if it reaches air and moisture, it goes into self-preservation mode and it starts to oxidise. And that oxidisation layer doesn't conduct. So hence you, uh, you have a bit of a catch-22 where the connector suddenly loses all its grounding and all the associated issues are shown then. So here's the three main grounding issues that we've we've addressed. So this is a standard connector today. So down at the bottom, you can see a cable, number one, with the braiding showing. Number two is the post of the connector. And then number three is the nut that turns and locks the connector on. And what we're trying to do, uh, in reality today even, is join number one to number two uh, to provide as better and as most effective contact, metal to metal contact as we possibly can. And then join number two to number three, because that's in two halves as well. Uh, And then of course you end up with a one path continuous connection to the connector. So it makes the cable then seem seamless to the connector. That's what we've got today. Now, one of the issues that you can can see, because part two and three are in two halves, what you'll see now if you watch this very short video is the connector isn't screwed onto anything at the moment. And now you can see the front half of the connector is is separate to the back half of the connector, but you won't have any grounding if those two are not made as one or not joined as one. Here you can see it from from the front, so, You can see now the only time that is going to be connected from the front to the back is when that connector is screwed onto um, an F port, which you're going to see now. So basically, just tighten up the connector. This is a standard connector used today, uh, as as has been used for many years. And I'll just finger finger tight that now. Now, when you see the two halves, now you can see there pretty much one, So we have continuity grounding right the way from the braiding to the front of the connector. But of course these connectors uh, see extreme temperatures, they can get hot, cold, they expand contract and eventually they lose their torque and they come loose. And then of course you start to see, see relative issues where you're losing signal. So basically, as it's addressed, has been addressed and is in some areas, is um, uh, there became a thing called a continuity continuity member. And if you look at the right hand picture, you can see a red vertical connection. That is a spring that sits between the two halves of the nut and the body and pushes those two halves against each other to try and maintain uh, a continuity metal to metal contact. And it does so, Um, and once that happens, your signal will be maintained, absolutely. But there is an issue of that the connector still can come loose. Now, when a connector comes loose without the continuity member, you immediately get intermittent faults, you get picture degradation, you get slow broadband. And in effect, it tells the operator to come and tighten it up again. And a lot of operators have uh, schemes where they go out Um, on preventive maintenance schemes and go out and tighten up all the connectors in America up the poles on the taps everywhere Um, but of course if you maintain the signal at this point and the connectors start to come loose what you will see over time is a degradation in the upstream carrier to noise because the connector still leaks it it does ingress and egress and of course uh, egress is an issue because uh, the government and uh, authorities are clamping down on leakage. And of course, you don't want the opposite going up into your network. And the only time you know is when you've got hundreds of thousands of these things loose and your carrier to noise starts to degrade. And the only way you can fix that then is to go out everywhere and start tightening up connectors again. So I've pretty much covered what I've said on the left-hand side. Um, The carrier to noise degrading is absolutely paramount that we stop that. So, moving on now, when we make the grounding connection of an interconnect on a cable, uh, it is compressed onto the connector via the jacket of the cable. And this is an example of a PVC cable used today by many, many, many operators around the world. It's a PVC cable. And if you put it under pressure, which I'm doing with the left-hand picture here, is this is simulating the connector compressing onto the jacket uh, to push the jacket onto the braiding, push the braiding onto the ferrule and make a, a grounding connection. When you let go, you have to put a lot of pressure on that PVC jacket and you exceed its polymer tensile strength in most cases. In fact, in every case, um, and its elongation break percentage And it basically flattens uh, the the polymer. And you can see in the right-hand picture that when we've let go of the pressure, the cable has stayed deformed. Now, of course, that happens within the connector, and I'm going to show the end result of what happens here. So if this is how we started our research, so if the the PVC jacket wasn't a PVC jacket, and it was a silicon jacket, for example, then you could put that pressure on and maintain that pressure and let go. You can see it springs back to where it started. So the pressure will be maintained within the connector if the jacket, for example, was a silicon material, not PVC. So here's an actual connector. It's the connector that you saw earlier, it's the real connector. And on the left hand picture, I've uh, I've ground the connector edge down to show what the inner part of this other compression connector looks like. This is an uh, an Amphenol connector, so I've not taken anybody else's connector. This is similar to a lot of connectors. And you can see the two vertical red arrows, that's showing the compression point within the connector where the connector is pushing onto onto the PVC jacket and then pushing itself onto the braiding, which is then making metal-to-metal contact with the post, the connector post. And then if we remove that section, uh, in in effect, and look at the right-hand picture, you can see clearly what has happened to the PVC jacket. But also important, you can see that the connector post, about 80% of it, the braiding, is, is is not being pushed onto the post at all. It's just sitting there. Um, The only bit that's compressing is this bit here, where you can see the two arrows pushing onto the post. So if you leave that compressed, and then you get these connectors going hot and cold, hot and cold, that gap that's been crushed will expand and contract. And then eventually when it settles back down to a norm, there will be a total loss of pressure onto that braiding because the material, the PVC material, I suffered from creep. So in effect, you end up then with literally no pressure onto the braiding, onto the post. So oops, sorry, I didn't mean to press that one. Just go back again. Getting ahead of myself. There we go. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah no, to that now. Right, so what we did was this, this all, all compression connectors are, are a three-part construction. Okay, grounding from the nut to the connector, adding grounding continuity member we've discussed, lack of surface area pressure in the ferrule to the cable means poor grounding, metal to metal contact. So um, realistically now, if we move on, this is the sort of effects that you can see with ingress and egress. Typical issues of loose connectors, <clears throat> air gap suckout is imp- provides a, a, an impedance mismatch, and you can see the shadows and the reflections that you can get there on the on the picture I'm showing. Moisture migration out is another thing. Micro reflections, ghosting, reduced amplitude, interference, degraded MER. So that everything, all this results around. The connect, the, the interconnect and the connector. So this is a, a typical loose connector scenario where it gradually gets worse and worse as the bit error rate increases to effect to the effect you get a cliff edge effect where the picture has gone altogether. So this is the start of a truck roll. Probably the truck roll comes in the middle of that, and or it goes straight to the cliff edge and they've got no signal whatsoever. Here's example of the RFI shielding and transfer impedance of a typical jumper cable that uh, you can see on the left hand side from the left to the bump in the middle you can see that is the transfer impedance so what that is in effect showing is the metal to metal contact resistance between the braiding and the the connector and then the right is the shielding effectiveness up to three gigahertz and the red line uh, limit line is class a plus plus So that's very, very good. If we could keep that, the bump in the middle is the crossover point. It's a software issue between the transfer impedance and shielding effectiveness of the Colic tube. So now, if if we look at that cable on the left, it was made in 2004, and it was retested in April 2015. And you can see there's been quite a significant degradation in that cable. Um, The transfer impedance has, has increased dramatically in the bottom end. And that's the start of CPD, it's it's the start of the grounding loss, it's it's the upstream nightmare. And then the right-hand side is the shielding effectiveness, which again is going. And what you find with this is it keeps going, it keeps degrading uh, until eventually you have um, total failure. Um, So we started to look for some ideas. So we know the PVC jacket is potentially an issue and we know if we could do something over that braiding without the PVC, putting the pvc jacket into tremendous force then um we 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 can add pressure onto the braiding and keep it like that so what we did was we uh we created a one-piece connector uh so there's no nut it's a complete push fit with some very neat features um and we've removed the jacket of over the braiding the full length of the ferrule which you don't do uh, under normal circumstances so this was the idea here's the start of the new connector evolution this uh, plastic weird looking thing Um, and what we've done is the two black bits on the left are silicon they're silicon sleeve uh, in each half of the shell of this new connector design and then that will close and compress the silicon over the braiding directly, not inserting pressure onto the PVC sleeve. And then it closes and looks like the picture on the right. So, this is what, in effect, it, it, it does. You push the uh, connector, the, the cable in, and then you close the connector. This is the new idea, and you've got pressure applied lovely grounding, hermetically sealed um, and all good. However, there is a bit of a problem because with a quarter quarter prep, you fold the braiding back and it forms a leading that takes the post into the cable braiding. And uh, without that, you have a bit of an issue of trying to get the post under the braiding. And of course you end up like the bottom picture stage three where it catches the braiding and distorts and completely trashes it in effect. So, and it, it, it would be a very, very complex uh, scenario to do it that way. So the cable tool design will be complex. Uh, the assembly requires a bit higher skill. It exposes the braiding, this is a key one. It exposes the braiding which risks contamination from your fingers, air and moisture during assembly the last thing you want to apply to any aluminium-based product. Uh, And the two-part silicon sleeve could trap and expose braiding, potentially. So we had a few issues, but this is where we started. And uh, then lots and lots of meetings, conversations, engineering, brainstorming, etc. we came up with something absolutely game-changing. And I've got to say, you know, I've been involved in some very big projects in my life, including fighter aircraft radar and all sorts of, complicated RF stuff, but this gave me the biggest satisfaction ever when we came up with this. So so we had to come up with a way that we could still utilize silicon, avoid putting excess pressure onto onto the PVC jacket to get the pressure onto the braiding, and ideally keep a quarter-quarter prep. somehow <laughs> so this is how we did it we we came up with an idea of applying two lateral slits into the pvc jacket so you have a standard quarter quarter prep as you can see there in the left hand picture and then we put two slits lateral slits on either side uh on the pvc jacket the length of the connector post and this itself does some amazing amazing thing so let's have a look at what it does so on the left hand picture here's the cable how it is braiding pvc jacket it has a bonded foil so when you try to put pressure on that it is in effect a tin can that you're trying to crush completely and you know how difficult that is in the tin can if you get hold of it with your hand and try and crush it to get pressure to go through 360 degrees to get that braiding onto the post it's very very difficult And you can see that by the right hand picture, which is showing all the pressure, trying to crush this perfectly circular item with even the tin foil um, um, based uh, bonded foil. So the thing takes a lot of pressure. Now, if you put the slit, the lateral slits in there, now look what you've got. The cable now has got the braiding undisturbed, but the jacket is in two halves and there's a slight gap. Now, if you put the post in there, you need nominal pressure on either side of the two parts of the jacket to apply the grounding pressure onto the braiding, onto the post, and you get 360 degree pressure with very little force whatsoever. So we need now to be able to close that, put the pressure on and keep it hermetically sealed. So we've got the slits, which work absolutely fantastic. So this is how we did it. So the quarter, quarter prep, fold the braiding back. Now, the nice thing about folding the braiding back is it doesn't matter at that point if you've got contamination onto that bit of aluminium because it's not doing anything. The folded back braiding is only providing a leading to get the post into the braiding. And then basically you've got exactly the formulation you had before, but with the slits, you slide the post in now and it goes in super easy. You can assemble an RG11 connector with your little finger in your thumb and push the cable in, it's that easy. Whereas now, as you know, it's almost feet, arms, everything to try and get the uh, connector, a post into an RG11. But this is an RG59, RG6 example. So now what we've got to do is, to seal that and put the pressure on. So here we go. So now we came up with the major, the, the, the third major breakthrough, and that is to take the silicon out of the uh, body of the connector. So you can see now it's gone and put the uh, fixed silicon sleeve onto the connector post body. And in the plastic, in the body, we've put some expansion release grooves in the sidewalls that allow the silicon to compress very easily without excessive force and not get trapped within the connector body when you close it. So this is what you do now. So there's the sleeve. By the way, the sleeve is transparent and it's, it's colored. So red is 59, blue is six and clear is uh, RG11. Um, and you, you basically just prep the cable, slide it in these are transparent so you can actually unfortunately i couldn't do it on this i'm not clever enough to make that bit transparent but we got to the point where now you can see ignite and when it seals now once that closes you have got a complete hermetic seal around the whole of the post and the cable and the front end of the connector is hermetically sealed because it has a sliding pin mechanism so now the whole thing is completely hermetically sealed but more important you have got a 360 degree compression area around the whole of the braiding onto the full length of the post. So the grounding is as good as you can possibly get. So here are the connectors in, in reality. Um, clear, as I said at the top, add 11 red and blue for 59 and 6. And then you can see that the covers through the opaque plastic body also. So when you go up to a connector, you know, it's a 59, you know, it's a six, you know, you don't, you know, without even looking what is connected and what is not connected. Um, the tool itself, the stripping tool um, has been redesigned. So it does a standard quarter quarter prep. The only addition is number two on the uh, picture on the left hand side, which is the two lateral slit cutting area. Um, And that basically has to cut through the PVC and the foil. Um, And then this is a video now of how the tool works. This is one of the earlier tools. I'll hold some of the latest ones up in my hand uh, when we've we've finished. So this is how it works. Now, this is actually um, uh, RG59, so it goes in as standard. This is uh, myself doing this at arm's length. So if you see me shaking a little bit when I'm pulling the, the, the uh, connector off, you, here we go. So you press the two levers at the top and you pull and it's done a standard prep, but it's put the two lateral slits in as well. It's much easier when you can hold it close to you to do that. And pull the braiding back and push the connector on. Watch how easy this goes on. That's it. You can see physically it's gone all the way in and then you just snap it shut with your fingers or if it's a bit hard, the cable, because it's cold, you can pop it in the back of the tool and just nip it up as simple as that. That's the connector done, finished and you'll see on the end of the connector there's a, a neoprene seal as well so when you push it onto the F connector mating connector it forms a hermetic seal at the front as well. So again just a, another picture of, of the uh, connector and how it can fit into the tool. Um, on the left-hand side now, we've we've got the um, shearing effectiveness and transfer impedance um, with a normal connector. First time made, that's how it looks. Looks very good. But if you look at the right-hand picture, that's with the two lateral slits. And you'll see there that the shearing effectiveness has gone down from typically 105 it's gone down as low as 140 140 ish um that's because now we've got absolutely superb grounding due to the lateral slip that we've come up with on the uh, on the prep and when you put it through all the um degradation testing of temperature moisture um it stays like that um Then, of course, we come to the ring spring. This is another nice feature of having a push-on connector because push-on connectors also have inherent issues. So basically, the main issue is if you come up with a very, very good push-on ring spring that has very good holding forces, terrific holding force, then when you push it on, you naturally want to twist it because if anything, feels hard to push on, you naturally just start to twist it to help it on. And if you do that, then the ring spring itself will start to grind against the threads of the connector, taking the plating off both the connector and the uh, F, F mating connector and, and uh, coming up with grounding problems alone. So we have a very, very nice little system in the design of this. So watch what happens when we push this connector on and start to twist it. If you look there, the actual ring spring uh, body of the connector isn't moving. The, the back of the connector, the plastic bit with the post connected into the cable is moving, but the ring spring front end doesn't move. So in effect, what happens is you can you're just pushing that on. You're not twisting it in any way. And in effect, as you're twisting the body, you're moving the connector post inside the braiding and it also helps to to maintain the the grounding metal to metal contact. So a nice little addition. Here's an example of it from the front without um, uh, a a mating connector. I just grab it with my fingers and you will see, look, you can see the black body of the connector moving and the front not. So that really makes a very, very nice feature where you can't damage the ring spring when you push the connector on or pull it off. So that was another bit of the innovation that we we came up with. So in effect, here's another nice um, feature of the connector. As you know, when you disconnect from a device in the home, for example, or in the network to the home, you end up with one part of the grounding part of the connector in one hand, and the potential grounding of the network in the other hand. And if something has gone wrong anywhere, I know there are isolators in the in-home in the UK, but they aren't in every country, um, then you could get a potential electric shock. With this, of course, the whole connector is plastic. There's no metal to touch, period. So you can take this connector, pull it off by hand, put it on by hand, holding both ends of the potential parts, and you are completely insulated. So again, a nice safety feature of this connector. Um, This is uh, the red dye sealing test. So this is horrendous. It's an SCTE US uh, requirement and uh, it really is uh, very, very difficult to meet. Um, And this uh, new innovation has gone through. Here they are on the end of uh, the test cables. And uh, they come out of the die, the, te- the, the dye test, um, and then we strip them down. So what we've done here on the right-hand side is we've taken the connect- connector off the back, tended it out, and you can see if any of the dye has got into the uh, braiding, into the front end of the cable. Uh, and as you can see, it's, it's lovely and, uh, and clean. So the silicon jacket has done a very, very good job, and the front end seal as well um we've also then stripped it back to strip the jacket clean off to see if it's got in anywhere into the braiding into the dielectric and it hasn't so we've gone through this uh, horrendous test and it, it, it passes with uh, with flying colors so in summary we have a one piece easy fit connector quarter quarter prep no compression tool required hermetically sealed front and back when the connector is left disconnected optimized grounding connection absolutely the full length of the ferrule using the unique lateral slip and the silicon compression sleeve providing t- a total hermetic seal. Opaque see-through sleeves allow visibility of the connector during assembly. So you can see that uh, you've, you've got the, the, connect- the cable completely in the connector, but also uh, you can open these connectors and, 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 and use them again. So you can, uh, you, you, can, you can open them, pull the cable out and put a new one in if you wish. Uh, The the cable easily pushes onto the post without distorting the cable braiding, another important point, because the braiding is formed such to form the optimum screening, you don't want to squash it, crush it, bend it, um, and of course it slides in beautifully, thanks to the uh, lateral slits. We've optimized the uh, ferrule of the uh, connector to be specifically optimized to aluminium braided cable. So uh, that, that is basically the galvanic, dissimilar the metals, et cetera. So the the, ferrule, the, the the post itself has a specific plating on it that uh, is optimized to aluminium. And then of course we hermetically seal it to prevent air and moisture getting in there. Uh, the connector body rotating, protecting the ring spring from damage during insulation is another key one. And of course, the safety of having an electric shock, uh, having a plastic body is another added benefit. And uh, no more loose connectors um, because we're using a push fit connector. So that's all. So the end result is hopefully, um, no more intermittent faults ideally due to loose connectors and poor grounding. Guaranteed long-term RFI shielding effectiveness of A++ at least. Optimize RF signal connection between the connector and the cable. And this is another nice big, big benefit. On the left-hand side, what you see there are the tools required to do a current interconnect onto an RF cable in a cable network. And on the right-hand side is everything you need to do it with the new connector. Just one single tool and a connector. So it makes the whole thing so much simplistic compared to that. So I think uh, we've managed to get through there. Hopefully people haven't fallen asleep and found it reasonably interesting. So uh, that's the presentation.
0: Thank you, Keith. Um, Yeah, definitely interesting. I just glanced back and so familiar with compression and yeah, completely different direction. So. But no, it looks really well thought out. A couple of questions that have kind of dropped in again, but I suppose same ask to everyone. Anything you want to know, just drop it in the chat and we can obviously fill those questions out. We've got an opportunity to to run through anything. Um, Or if you'd rather ask them kind of in person, just raise your hand and we'll be able to give you the microphone, so to speak. Um, But just to run through a few, I'm just going to read these out. Um, So first one, um, we agree that the most important part of any RF transmission line is grounding. Um, what effects have you seen on a HFC network whereby the connector cable grounding has degraded or even been lost altogether? Oh, good question.
1: Yeah. Um, right. Well, definitely, I, I can answer this one because I've seen this in person, which um, was uh, uh, an incredible experience. Actually, I was at a friend's house. It it, uh, it, it has a full Uh, Virgin services there and um, what it's like when you go around to friends, you're hoping to go out for a beer and they call you to ask you some questions and he said, the catch up TV isn't working um, on on our set top box and I had a look and I could see the modem light flashing on it so I immediately thought the upstream signals disconnected somehow Um, and um, I was able able to get into the set top uh, to see what was going on in terms of its uh, its output it's what uh, it was ranging frequency ranging and it wasn't connecting to the upstream so i said it looks to me like probably the modem is, is is more likely to be faulty so you need to call out technicians so he did and i asked him i said when you do that can you please let me know the day's coming because i'd like to come over and just sit and there's an instant party and I did and the technician came in and he was very, very uh, knowledgeable, uh, I didn't reckon I, I didn't let on I know anything or who I was. And uh, he went straight, uh, straight to the uh, connection the back and set up, put uh, his meter on to look at the upstream and downstream and uh, immediately just turned around to, to, to my friend and said, uh, oh, the grounding's gone in the connector and I thought. Well, okay, I'm listening. So he cut the connector off both ends of the uh, jumper and he cut and, and he went outside and he cut the connector off and put a new connector on uh, from the uh, drop to the isolator and he came in and, did, and he put it on the measurement system and it was perfect. He connected it. So basically the downstream was perfect, but the upstream had stopped working. And this was a grounding issue in the connector. And all I said to him was, oh, is that, is that normal? He said, oh, absolutely all the time. So I said, okay, that's good to know. And, uh, and my friend was happy. And, it, you know, it's lasted a long time. He's had it a long time. But nevertheless, he said it has been getting worse and worse, where he thought, you know, you start pressing the handset so hard, you're almost pushing the buttons out the back of it because uh, it's not not doing what you hope it'll do. And of course, this this was all down to the grounding degradation. And looking at it, we've looked at it and it's a sort of common mode issue where the modem, in effect, your transmission line is no longer a transmission line, particularly the low frequency part of the upstream um, becomes uh, uh, an issue where your impedance has changed, uh, you get micro reflections, the grounding's gone um, so as a result of that, in effect, you've just got a load of mush and, and, and the ground is going boom. So that was the, that was the biggest uh, uh, and most realistic one I've seen. And when you talk to operators about this, you know, they say, well, it costs the most to go out to a home to fix it. So to cut a connector off costs next to nothing. Um, so we might as well just cut them all off. And you know, in many operators around the world, that's just what they do, they go to a home, and if you're going out and you're changing a, a dollar splitter, then you know, at the same time, cut the connectors off and, uh, and renew those as well while you're there. So this is all part and parcel of the day-to-day uh, issues of losing grounding, uh, I, I, I feel, in my humble opinion. And um, obviously now with the new connector, well, you know we're doing trials now uh, and, and time will tell, but certainly from the hardline testing we've done, this this should help that problem
0: tremendously. Awesome. No, thank you. Very detailed answer. Um, another one in as well. I'll just reel out. Um, obviously, final call for anyone. Um, you might get away quite easy from this one, Heath, which is always good. Um, so, just next question: threaded F ports on devices can vary considerably. They're affected by plating types and thickness, as well as tooling wear during manufacturing. Which can affect the mating connector outer diameter. How does your push on connector cater for this?
1: Oh, another good one. <laughs> um, right, good, very good question. And equally as important as treating the back of the connector is treating the front of the connector. And the, the threaded F connector is, um, is, is not ideal. Um, you can imagine they're made in their millions. Uh, the dyes that are cutting the threads uh, are ripping through these things uh, constantly 24/7 in the factories in China um, and uh, the tolerances degrade. Then you add once you've cut the thread um, it, you then plate it and the plating process itself is is not as detailed as, as people think. So you end up with threads of all different, diameters, uh, pitches in terms of the pitch of the thread itself. And this also is one of the issues that, that causes loose, that loose connectors or connectors that don't even tighten properly because of the thread. Also, you rip the plating off. If it's a tight connection, uh, a, a very tight outer diameter, then when you put the, the, you screw the uh, connector on, you tear off the plating. And uh, that's that, the plating's part and parcel of the grounding interconnect so uh so what we've what we've done here is uh with the ring spring in the new design um isn't uh, isn't a uh, sort of oval shape it's it's slightly oval but it's more it's more flat uh with with ends that compressing so basically we're pushing more hitting more surface area of the of the thread and of course by not having any twisting whatsoever. Taking place onto the plating, um, we're not damaging the, the tip of the thread per se. But where we, well, where, what we found also is that you can utilise this connection very, very well with no thread. So have a threadless F connector, and this has already started in in uh, within the UK, for example. Virgin um, Media have some products now that are F connector threadless. Uh, designed for push fit connectors Um, and that then gives you the ultimate connection with a ring spring um, because you're hitting the surface completely 360 degrees round rather than just the tips of a cut thread. So um, that's a very good question. Ideally no thread but with a thread it's certainly as optimized as it could possibly be. And of course, it's not ever going to come loose. So the RFI screening will maintain a good in
0: effectiveness. Awesome, thank you. And once again, very detailed answer. Um, so final call for any questions. Oh, There we go, one comes in just as I was about to wrap up. Um, so one for you, have you tested this in an environmental chamber and how did it fare?
1: Yes, we did. Um, it's gone through, uh, tremendous ageing processing, um, which is uh, temperature dependent on, ramping up and down in temperature, uh, adding uh, moisture, uh, adding salt fog, um, all the usual um, tests that you would do with a standard uh, compression connector to the point whereby um, you've aged the connectors in in simulation of of some 20 years or more so yes it's gone through full environmental uh, testing and of course pre-testing before pre-test and testing after rf testing full electrical testing full mechanical testing so um, yes it, 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 it has it has gone through full environmental testing
0: and a follow-up to that just dropped in um, and was it still class a yes nice answer there we go Final call for anyone, um, just before I wrap up, um, just whilst whilst we wait for that. um, Obviously, on behalf of the society and and membership, thank you very much. Um, Really interesting presentation again.